Oh, the human body is fun, man. Oh, I'm glad she's yeah. okay. Uh, please wish super, her well for me. Super, fun. Definitely. Uh, but now, yeah, she gets to tape her eye shut at night, and I got her a pirate eye patch. And super good. You classy bastard. I know, right? Time's up. Let's do this. I'm ready. I'm not ready. Welcome, dear listener, to the QQ Cast. Today is Monday, May 3rd, 2021. And we're your hosts, Tom DuPont and Zach Mayer. Say, where's Ruley? Ruley, no. Uh, Zach, once again, the adult is not here. The children have been left to their own devices, which means we have to talk about that thing that you and I talk about. The thing? We're going to do the thing? We're going to do the thing. Oh, my God. I love the thing. Oh, my God. We're going to trek all over these here stars. <laughs> uh, because this, dear listener, is Quest 140, which Star Trek side characters had the most potential? All right, and our three subscribers dropped off. Zach, it's just you and I. We can say whatever we want. <laughs> Yay. That's the way we like it. So um, I was thinking we could go series by series uh, and roll forward that way. Um I don't know if this is a good idea, because there's definitely going to be a lot of meat in one or two of these and not in others. But, um, yeah. Oh, gosh. Uh, yeah, we could probably make that work. I'm trying to think, like, uh, I'm trying to think of who would be super good from the original series. Like, if we're going forward in time. Exactly. Ah, uh, that one's going to be harder. Yeah, I, I basically, uh, so let's just start this off weak as fuck. Um, I basically have nothing from TOS. I have, literally all my entries are just the cast of Wrath of Khan. Um, Savick, David Marcus, Carol Marcus. There was mm. so much potential there. And of course, we sort of got Savick in, uh, well, we got Savick recast in the next movie. Yep. Uh, yep. And we got David Marcus killed off in the next movie. Carol Marcus just disappears and doesn't come back until Star Trek Into Darkness, where she's basically a sex symbol for Kirk ish mm-hmm. really a lot of yeah. characterization um, but I think I think that Wrath of Khan had cool characters they're setting up cool backstory with Kirk and family and then again those characters kind of persisted through the next movies but not exactly Savik gets sidelined at, at part four and then of course originally uh, if you don't know um, Nicholas Meyer wanted to bring back Savik in Wrath of Khan as the role that Kim Cattrall played oh god what was her name uh, Valeris, Valeris. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But Gene Roddenberry threw a hissy fit and said, "No, you can't have her be evil." And Nick Smyre was like, "Dude, I created Savick. She's my character. I can do whatever I want with her." And in the end, they compromised. They cast Kim Cattrall, who did amazing as Valeris. But that was supposed to be Savick going to the dark side, effectively. So I think it's safe to say that that character definitely had the most potential. I have nothing from TOS the series, mostly because I've I've seen most of the TOS episodes, but like I can't tell you remember most of them. And I just don't remember a lot of characterization that wasn't like Monster of the Week type thing where like, you should totally bring back this other character. So there's, and uh, I had to look this up to remember who she played. Um, I had my suspicion. Um, So we all know Miguel Barrett, right? Of course. So she was in the original series uh, as Nurse Chapel. Um, But before that, she was someone else. Well, yes. But Nurse Chapel, I think, had a bunch of recurring just like little one-offs and she was in a few of the episodes um 
she could have been fun. But like I said, I don't remember enough of the details of the original series to really pin down a solid, uh, like supporting character that that would fit the bill. Yeah, I just the- kind of suspect that like anything that Michelle Barrett touched would be good. Yeah, I mean, no, she was wonderful as, like, whether or not you hate the character of Luxana, you have to give credit that Michelle Barrett just nails the role, right? And she's the voice of the Enterprise computers, all the Starfleet computers Mm -hmm. going forward. Um, She's fantastic. So she was Nurse Chapel, but originally in the original series pilot, she was number one, who is, of course, now uh, played by Rebecca Romaine in season two of Disco and going to be in Strange New Worlds. So we are actually getting that character from Mm -hmm. the unaired pilot of the original Star Trek, which is kind of cool. Yeah. Yep, 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 yep. Uh, yeah, and then actually there were two characters in TOS that, uh, well, one went on to to appear again uh, in Disco, and another guy was actually supposed to get his own spinoff show and didn't, because uh, there's bizarre studio history behind this. Um, and believe me, I wouldn't have known this if I didn't watch obscure YouTube channels that told me. Um, <laughs> so uh, I can't remember off the top of my head, uh, the guy from the, or Rain Wilson plays this character in Disco. What was his name? Uh... Harry Mudd. Harry Mudd. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so Harry, Harry Mudd is actually in two, I believe, TOS episodes, and he was supposed to, like, he, I guess the network was considering giving him his own spinoff show. I would love to see it. There are a few characters that could do well in spinoffs, I think, if spinoffs were more of a thing, uh, especially when these shows were first being aired. I like to imagine, like, what if Marvel got their hands on this IP and just went <laughs> ham? Oh, man, put anyone other than Alex Kurtzman in charge of it, please. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so the other supposed to be a spinoff was like the the either last or second to last episode of, of TOS featured like this time traveling, like secret agent from the 60s with a cat. And like they were considering oh, yeah. having that be its own show. And I have no idea why anyone thought that was. Well, I, mean, I assume they were just leeching off of other successful shows in the 60s and 70s. But like that was just a weird idea from my point of view. But they were supposed to get spinoffs. They didn't. And ultimately now, again, we're getting Strange New Worlds, a spinoff of the kind of reboot of Trek universe uh, in TV. So it's, mm-hmm. I don't know, TOS is interesting, but there's no, like, characters that I would be like, that character needs to come back. Um, unlike what we're about to talk about, obviously, with TNG. So that's it. That's all I've got for TOS. Anything else? Um, let's see. How about, uh, oh, hey, Tom Riker. He's a character. But that's TNG. We're going to get there. We're going to get there. We're going to get there. He is so oh, on my oh, list. Oh, sorry. You did say TOS. Uh, I did say TOS. <laughs> I thought you said TNG. My bad. Um, so, yeah, from TOS. Mm, mm, I mean, Khan could use his own show. He got a movie. <laughs> but, he got uh, a whole fucking movie, man. <laughs> Two, technically. Uh, let's see. Uh, oh, you know, we saw The Guardian of Forever. Uh, that's true. That's true. Yeah, Guardian of Forever came back. Good call, sir. That was good. Yeah. Um, let's see. Again, uh, Pike in number one, et cetera. Right. Uh, Zephram Cochran was in, I guess he kind of got his own oh movie. Oh my God, I forgot that, yeah, they did have an episode where they meet Zephram Cochran in TOS. I'd completely forgotten that. Mm-hmm. Wow. Third point. Yeah, that one was, uh, that was the fourth episode, wasn't it? Ooh, I, I don't know, so. maybe. I can't remember. Uh, he was, yeah, and then in First Contact. Uh, you know, he would have been fun to follow around him and uh what's her name is his uh lily lily thank yeah. you they would have been fun as a duo in a show of their own like figure navigating that part 
of the like it's the forgotten part of Star Trek history. Oh, you could have like Admiral Lily appear in uh an Enterprise or something that have been great. Mm-hmm. So you're just like some administrative or something. That'd be so cool. Mm-hmm. Oh, that'd be mm-hmm. neat. That'd be neat. Yeah. Um Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's a great call. You also made me realize um uh Sarek technically was born out of the original series and Sarek comes back in TNG. I didn't even think about that. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. Yep, 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 yep. Uh let's see. Um Oh yeah. Well now eh. no, I'm thinking of something else. Um dum 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 Yeah, like I said, I, I it's it's all this kind of haze of time. Um Nah, let's move on to TNG, it'll be way more fun. We'll we'll get into this one. <laughs> Fair. Okay, so let's let's acknowledge uh, switching eras, dear listener. TNG, the next generation. So let's acknowledge this series. Uh, you know, blew up in its popularity. Uh, tons of characters went on to be another show. So let's just get some of the big ones out of the way. Colm Meany went on to take Chief O'Brien onto DS9, be a main character. Holy shit! What a fucking wonderful character. Colm Meany just absolutely nails the everyman of of Star Trek. I think it was mm-hmm. actually his idea to be an unenlisted man. Um, it was also his idea to have it where the chief could literally roll up his sleeves. The original costume designs wouldn't allow that. And he was like, no, man, I got to roll up my sleeves. Um, so the nameless red shirt on the battle bridge in season one would later go on to be uh, a yellow shirt transporter chief, get to be kind of a guest character on the hunt or the wounded or the hunted. Um, no, the wounded. That's what it was. And then marry Keiko and like just become a character and become a DS9 character. That was fucking the definition of a success story. So fucking let's just acknowledge Chief O'Brien right out of the gates. Yep. Miles O'Brien. Definitely, definitely the most important man in Starfleet history. <laughs> God, I gotta watch Lower Decks, man. I hear it's, it's it looks so good. I need to you watch really it. Did. You at least saw the clip that I sent you, right? Yeah. Yeah. No, that's that's it's the best. It's the best joke of that whole series so far. Um <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, actually, there was uh, an interview with Colm Meany uh, after that bit in Lower Decks came out, and they were talking to him like, you know, Picard's getting a reboot, and we've got this whole, you know, sort of revitalization of Star Trek, uh, Star Trek Renaissance, call it, after, mm-hmm. you know, almost two decades or a decade and a half. And um, they directly asked him, like, would you, recon- would you consider... Uh, stepping back into the role of Miles O'Brien. He was like, yeah, kind of. Uh, you know, would be open to it. It's, it's, you know, he, he's got that that um, sort of perspective that comes with age. And he's like, you know, it, it's fine to leave that character in the past. I think he's he's he, he was fun to play and he, he definitely, you know, kind of stood on his own and, and I had fun doing it. And yeah, I guess if if there was a good concept for bringing him back, I would come back. It was a very measured response. But then they showed him the clip <laughs> from the lower decks, and his response was perfect. He's like, "Finally, somebody gets it right." <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's so good. Yeah, no, you know what's funny? I don't look. Don't take this the wrong way. I love Miles O'Brien. He was one of the best characters. Like, all the characters in DS9 are amazing. But he's an mm-hmm. amazing character. The the actor seems awesome. But I don't really want there to be a continuation of his story. Like he went to back to to starfleet uh headquarters to become a teacher and have a family like i just want him to have a happy ending i don't want him to come back into the the dark gritty show where yeah. he has to decide between molly's you know career and like no man just let him be a happy family man just give him let him have a happy ending yeah him no, happy he ending. gets 
he can get all the happy endings he wants. Um, what would be a lot of fun, maybe, and, and I'm hedging a lot here because this could really easily go off the rails, but it would be interesting to, in some context, explore more of the uh, uh, the Cardassian War that he participated in and got trauma from he was he had quite a bit of ptsd from fighting cardassians he did um and then yeah. other things from ds9 as well yeah so like there was a side of that conflict that even ds9 being the gritty star trek of its era uh there there was an aspect of that conflict that just wasn't really delved too deep into because it was maybe pushing it too far into a you know a dark corner of storytelling i think he could do it i think it all right i think it could be done and i think it could probably be done well and having the continuity that uh somebody like o'brien stepping in for a scene like a briefing or you know something lydia literally cameoing then yes but like i just i don't want him to be a main character in that show exactly exactly um yeah, it would be good to have him like kick something like that off, but it doesn't need to feature him. Um, but yeah, no, his his character was cool because it does definitely hint. He he gives you this sort of glimpse into there's a real world out here. It's not all you know post scarcity, wonderful space socialism. It's you know a real living galaxy, and there are real actual problems, and they are not featured in a lot of the media. Um, for good reason. I think that's kind of the core of Star Trek is supposed to be optimistic futurism, but you know, it, it could be fun to go further into that. Yeah. I, again, I, I'm not saying that it couldn't, I just feel like they did a great job. Just go out on a high note. I just, I don't feel like they could do a swan song justice, but I don't know. Uh, I don't know. So reeling it back into TNG characters. Um, there were two other characters in TNG that sort of went on to become main characters in other shows, but for uh, legal reasons and rights and paychecks, they sort of couldn't. So the first, of course, is, uh, we'll do it in order, uh, Ro Laren, as played by Michelle Forbes. Uh, Michelle Forbes decided, eh, I don't know, I don't like this TV thing full-time. I don't think I want to go to DS9 and do TV full-time. So Ro Laren's character, which was originally going to be the Federation liaison, got turned into Kira Norris. So mm. Ro Laren spiritually is in DS9, but not exactly. Yeah, and that's fine. Like, uh, Nana Visitor and Kira... Uh, Nailed it. Nana, just amazing. Yeah, Unbelievably amazing. Really, really good. Um, really, really happy that we got that character and that actress to play her. Um, Ro was good. Like, I liked Ro. Uh, but I feel like she got her arc. She did. Uh, and, I'm, and I'm very satisfied with that character's, you know, arc. <laughs> so, um, yeah, she was, she was great. Let's see. Yep. So the uh, can you name the other character that went on to this? This character literally went on to be a main character. They just changed the name for legal reasons. Hmm. Um. No, I don't remember. I'm not Voyager. Sure he... Voyager. Oh, and Voyager. Hmm. Hmm. No. Not not ringing a bell. Dude, come on, Robert Duncan McNeil, same actor. Robert. Duncan McNeil. Yeah, me and names, man. Jeez, dude, oh my god. Lieutenant Tom Paris was Wait, originally really? Lincarno in the first oh, that's duty. Right. 
like literally was in was Lynn Carno in the first duty. Like they didn't even change the backstory. One of them lied about an, uh, an accident where someone got killed and went to prison when he got busted. The other one lied about an accident where someone got killed and he went to prison because when he got busted. Yep, yep. Same right. fucking character. Yep, 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 yep. But they didn't no. want to pay the writer rights to use the name Lincarno, so Robert Duncan McNeil, the same fucking actor with the same fucking character, the same fucking backstory, became Tom Paris. Yep. Now, I remember Tom Paris being in next gen and yeah <laughs> i completely blanked on that actor's name so yes you're right no that was a good one that was a really good one yeah which um, uh, by the way one of the other girls in that uh one of the one of the other pilots was a girl she also appears in the episode lower decks which of course became the name of the the future tv show but if you remember the episode lower decks it's all told from the point of view of a bunch of cadets who have joined uh mm -hmm. Who have joined um, the Enterprise, and at one point Picard calls out the cadet on what happened to her in the Academy, and it's a reference to the first duty. So there's a lot of subtle continuity in TNG. It's obviously a reset button of the week, you know, episodic show, but there's a lot of great little continuity nods, including uh, I, I don't remember her name, the character's name, but she also is in in two episodes, which is great. Yep, 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 yep. Now the um, the other two, so it was uh, what was it, Alpha Squad? Or whatever it was. Uh, yeah. What I don't remember. And like, because then Nog tries to join them mm -hmm. in DS Nine. I don't remember the name. Yeah, it was uh, Wesley Crusher, uh, Lucarno, was that Jaxa, just Red Squad and Hajar? I can't remember what their squad. Oh, Nova Squadron. Nova. Okay. Yeah. yeah Red, Red Squad is what Nog wanted to join, but it was the same concept, I think. Mm -hmm. I don't remember. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Nova Squadron was uh was those four so uh yeah jackson hajar were the other two members uh, yeah good stuff yep okay and then there were four characters that i think four yeah, correct me if i'm wrong four characters that went on to aside from the main cast making cameos and other series um there are four side characters that went on to become uh recurring characters in other shows so um the first being Reginald Barkley, who goes on yep. to be a recurring character in TNG. Dwight Schultz is amazing. He's one of my fucking... I love Barkley, man. Um, his arcs, the characters, just so played so well. And he went on to be a mainstay in uh, Voyager with the Pathfinder Project. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Thank you, Lieutenant Broccoli. Barkley. Barkley. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> oh, God. Dwight Schultz just nailed that. Especially, I, uh, you know, from us working with... You know, we're nerds and we work with plenty of, you know, socially awkward engineers like Barkley just nails, you know, what it is to have be a high anxiety person with a heart of gold underneath. And I just mm -hmm. uh, it's so great to watch that character grow throughout the series. Just so awesome. Yep. Uh, he was fantastic. Yeah. And I'm so glad that he became a character in Voyager and they showed his growth where he gets, you know, more control over uh, himself and his stutters and his self-confidence and his speeches. And that's one of the few things I liked about Endgame. Uh, you know, it's, no offense, not a very good conclusion to the Voyager series, but you have Barkley giving a speech to a crowded room about Voyager. Like, that was a great coda just for that character, just because he could speak in public, as simple as that sounds. Yeah. Great stuff. Yeah, no, it was, it was super cool the way they treated Barkley. They, he was... He was like that that uh, that jittery little shelter dog that everybody just wants to love, um, and you see him just kind of get more and more comfortable as time goes on. Um, I, I think his his arc to me is one of the the more emblematic 
the it's emblematic of Star Trek in itself. Like it's this optimistic futurism, right? But it's not just the technology and it's not just the individual actions. It's also the way that that whole society supports everybody. And his story is needing that support, getting that support and growing with it. Mm-hmm. Um, that's, that's really good to see. Uh, it warms your cockles. <laughs> Maybe somewhere beneath the cockle region. Anyway. <laughs> the subcockles. <laughs> um, okay, next character that went on to have a recurring role uh, was Loxana Troy, who had two mm-hmm. appearances in DS9. Yep, yep. No, Loxana stayed with Star Trek. Well, Major Barrett stayed with Star yes. Trek for as long as she possibly could. Yes. And bless her for doing it, because she is sort of this thread of continuity through all of these that sort of lends its own legitimacy to the whole endeavor um she's great and Luxana troy is i i love her like she's hilariously annoying and wonderfully just you know that that um what's the word i'm looking for she's so bubbly all the time <laughs> No, uh, she she's wonderful. Again, even if you think the character of Loxana is annoying, and I could understand someone thinking that, I think Michelle Barrett is amazing in the role and charismatic in the role, and cre- really creates a character that actually has some dimension. Um, mm. And not all the episodes are perfect or great, and there's some, you know, dated stuff that maybe hasn't aged as well. Of course, blah, 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 blah. But something I think is really impressive is that when they brought her over to DS9, like the next characters we'll talk about kind of didn't, well, one of them anyway, didn't work as well because they weren't like they're kind of out of their element. They didn't have their foils of the TNG cast, but they gave Loxana that really genuine relationship with Odo that somehow worked. I mean, the DS9 writers worked magic all the time and they just gave her that relationship with Odo and all of a sudden it became, it wasn't about Loxana, but Loxana and Odo. And I, I don't know how they did it. I don't know how you made that work, but they made that work in my opinion. Yep. Now they did. They did a very good job. Yeah. All right, which brings us to the next character who had appearances on one appearance on DS9 and two, I think, appearances on uh, Voyager. Who could I be referring to? There's <sighs> just so many characters. Um, Not that appeared in all three series. Uh, DS9, TNG, and Voyager? Yep. Uh, Morn? <laughs> no, not the savior of the Alpha Quadrant. I mean, he did. If he did, in all three. he saved the Alpha Quadrant. Uh, da, 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 da. Um, one letter hmm. name. Oh, Q. <laughs> yeah. yeah, John Delancey as Q. Um, yeah, he was in one episode of DS9, which was not very good, with Lady Vosh. Uh, you know, Picard's old flame. Mm. Not a great episode. Extremely mediocre. And Q playing a, a opposite Cisco. Although it has a couple of chuckles where Cisco punches him. It's just not a great episode. Um, but then he appears in, I think it's two, or no, it's, oh my God, was it like four episodes of, oh my God, it's like four episodes. Oh God, help us. It's either three or, I think it's four episodes of um, Voyager. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first one being, I thought, an actual, I think I think it is four episodes, and I think three of those episodes are complete shit, but one of them is fantastic. Um The episode with, I can't remember the name of the episode, but the episode with the uh, the other Q who appears, who had been imprisoned. For uh, in an asteroid for years, and the Voyager crew accidentally frees them because you know they're incompetent. Yeah. <laughs> um, but that it dealt right. with it dealt with uh, you know assisted suicide, and it yeah. dealt with like immortality in this unique way that really no one ever had. And I just thought that was a wonderful episode. Oh, Quinn. Yeah. Yeah. Qu- uh, yes. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Quinn. That was uh, Junior. Yes. Um, and of course, yeah. um, uh, 
guest starring Jonathan Frakes. He appears as Riker for a, a brief scene. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I thought that was a wonderful episode, and they really did great. Um, but then the other ones about the Q continuum and the Civil War and the Q having a kid just did not, they were not great. But, uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, man, Q, never, fantastic character, fantastic actor. Um, again, I don't know that I want more of him. I know he's going to appear now in Picard season two, and I don't know, whatever, I don't really care. Um, but like, you know, when when he was around, he was golden. Again, I don't know if I want more of him, but uh, it's kind of like the, it's kind of like the Colin Meany thing or the, the O'Brien thing. Just let him go out and hide. Just let him be done. Like, best of both worlds was the shit. Let, let, it, let it go. Let it go. Yeah. Gosh. All good things. Yep. Such a great episode. All right. There's one more, and you met one more in this category of there's so much, so much TNG to talk about. There's one more mm-hmm. in the category of appeared on another se- series. One episode. You already named him. Who was it? Morn. God dang it, Zach. No. You, already, you, you almost started the show <laughs> out with this name. Oh, uh, well, I mean, there was Tom Riker. Yes, Thomas Riker. Yeah. Um, yeah, what great character potential. Now, do you actually know that the TNG staff, including Ron Moore, originally, they really, really wanted, at the end of the episode where Thomas Riker, who's a transporter accident duplicate, they really wanted to ship Riker off, like William T. Riker off, to uh, go become captain of the Titan or go become captain of his own ship and keep Jonathan Frakes playing uh the the lieutenant the junior grade thomas Riker on tng as a mainstay like they wanted to shake up the formula uh and michael pillar was like not michael was it michael pillar i don't know if it was pillar or it was um uh not oh god who's the other one berman rick berman um who said no absolutely not we are not fucking with the formula i gotta tell you man i think they should have i think that'd have been great i love 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 jonathan frakes from the bottom of my heart i love will Riker. It's one of the reasons i have a fucking beard but honestly, his character arc was kind of done after the best of both worlds. And like, I think that would have been amazing to shake it up and bring in Thomas Riker and have, uh, you know, a, a, a more naive version of Riker being played by Frakes and going after Marina Sirtis again. And like, I think that'd have been amazing. Yeah, no, it definitely could have. Um, and I was totally Berman. Like, that just sounds like Berman. Yeah, it does, doesn't it? Keep the formula. It's working. Don't fuck it. <laughs> uh... <laughs> Now, I, I also think that it would have been a lot of fun to follow Thomas Riker into the sunset. Like, his his particular exit, and even his resurgence, has so much potential for uh, it, for its own series. Like, he goes off on his own in this universe. And, you know, he's a clone. He's still Will Riker, just with a new name and a new, like, trauma. And... yeah uh it's just you could play him a little differently but at its core it's still the same character it would be such a perfect excuse to just have a, an entirely different style of star trek told it, yeah no it, it's the are are we our genes are we the sum of our experiences who are we there's a whole existential question to be explored uh with that character using again a fantastic fun not that Jonathan Frakes is the best. He's not going to win an Oscar, but like he's he's amazing and fun, and he made that character his own mm-hmm. in in a, such an amazing way. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's been so much fun. So instead, how how does Thomas Riker end? Well, he just kind of goes off on his own. No, no, no. He gets exchanged in a prisoner exchange. You are seeing some rose tinted glasses, sir. Did he? So 
he he appears on one episode of DS9 where he hijacks the Defiant for the oh, Maquis. Oh, that, 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 that. Sorry, I thought you were talking yeah. about the next-gen yeah. episode. And, like, no. They gave him a shuttlecraft, and he just kind of went away. Yes, and then he shows up in DS9 yeah, uh, okay. as, as you know, impersonating Will Riker to steal the Defiant, and he, he ganks a fucking ship. He's a badass. Um, but then in the end, he he makes a deal where he turns himself over to the Cardassians in order to, to get, the, get the Defiant and Kira out alive. So he basically rots in a Cardassian prison camp for, like, I don't know, life. And we never follow up on him. And that is a fucking crime. It is a fucking crime we never followed up on this character. I hope he broke out. I hope he's fine. Man, yeah, we need more Thomas Riker, dude. Yep. Now, he could have been so cool. Really, really could have been. Um, yeah. Okay, Woo, that finally brings us to uh, the final category I had of, of character type in TNG. I know it's been a marathon. Um, the characters that I think really should have gotten spinoffs or more screen time or appeared in other places. So finally, <laughs> finally, after us talking for over half the podcast, we're at the root of the question. Which, which ones had the potential and didn't get uh, executed on? So I have two that I wanted to bring up. Do you have any? Uh, let's see. For, uh, for Next Gen or DS9? Uh, this is still next gen. Okay, let's see that we haven't already talked about. Uh, I've got one for sure. Do, 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 do. Mm, yeah, maybe two. Yeah, I think I could. I, I think I could. I could swing two. All right, you want to go first? You want me to go first? Uh, I'll go first because the first one I have is almost a joke. Um, you remember Mott? The fucking barber. The he should have had barber. a shop on DS9. Yes, well, he did, but uh, wait, no, did he? he wasn't. No, he didn't. He didn't have a shop on DS9. He was only in TNG. He was the barber yes. on the Enterprise. Yes. Um. Yeah. No. He. He was one of my favorite characters when I was first watching this show because why? He was, <laughs> because he was funny as hell, and I was like, oh my, I love this guy. Every time he was on screen, I was like, this is so cool. I love this dude. But he was just—he was barely in any of the episodes. Um. I think he was in one or two. Anyway, it was just... I always thought that he could have been more fun in Next Gen. But honestly, just like the um, the sort of bumbling protagonist would have been a lot of fun if you told a story of like just following his career as a barber through Starfleet and then, you know, the, the just mayhem that happens all around him. Like, he's in control of nothing. He's not a bridge crew member. He's not even really Starfleet. Maybe he is. I don't really have a, a huge in-depth like biography or anything, but uh, you know, he's he's witnessing all of the insanity going on around him, and seeing that from his perspective would have been a lot of fun. I mean, I I I think he could have been a recurring character again, like in, in DS Nine or even Voyager. I think that'd been funny. So I'll give you that. I, I mean, that's thinking outside of the box, but uh, it's not like I think that actor was busy with anything else. <laughs> yeah, like uh, just a just a. <laughs> just a show called Mott, uh, the Federation's most elite barber, uh, would have been a lot of fun. He's like, the Borger here? What the fuck? I was in the middle of a purr. God, why has this always happened to me? <laughs> okay, Lower Decks has a chance. Lower Decks, bring bring back Mott the Barber. Exactly. I think I think they should. If they don't, I'm going to be disappointed. But um, <laughs> yeah. No, he's he'd be my pick. And it's it's like I said, it's almost a joke. Um, 
but I think it would be funny if he got his own show. I would watch the shit out of that. Oh my god, web series, mini web series. Oh yeah, absolutely. Okay, I have got a actual answer. So this is a beloved character who you just never realize how few episodes this character was in. Zach, how many appearances do you think Lore had in TNG? He was really only in the two, wasn't he? So technically the answer is four, but one of those really? was the two-parter of Descent. So effectively he's only in three stories. Okay. Data Lore in season one, Brothers, which is really cool in season two, and then Descent, the season six finale, season seven premiere. Lore's in fucking nothing, which is a goddamn shame. Brent Spiner is amazing and plays that villain mm -hmm. so amazingly, especially in Brothers, where like you see Lore almost be like, like sad and like kind of not remorseful, but like you can almost empathize with him when he's like asking, you know, Nian Sung, why didn't you fix me? Like there is a character that should have been around more, man. Like Lore is so fucking mm. cool, had so much potential, had an amazing actor that was already on set. They literally did nothing with Lore ever. So I say Lore, man. I think Lore should have been a recurring character in anything. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you there. That's a good one. I had almost forgotten about Lore. Um, oh, you know what? I can think of two more. Ah, damn. There were so many good characters. Now, uh, Lore has the same potential that uh, that Thomas Riker does. Like, it's it's still... It's Brent Spiner. I mean, it's a very different take. Like, they are not the same character, Lore and Data. Um, they don't share that sort of origination, originating thread, uh, like, thematically. They're, they're, they don't have the same moral framework. They don't have the same uh, intellectual framework. All of that, right? But um, Brent Spiner is just so much fun to watch on screen. Oh, God, yeah. Especially so, when he gave him something like something to do other than data. Like he was amazing as data, obviously, mm -hmm. but he had so much range and he, oh god, yeah, yeah. No, having a, having a, a sort of uh, anti anti protagonist. What's the word I'm looking for? Antihero. Antihero. Yes. I mean, you uh, could have made more into that, but that'd have been yeah, a little stretch. But yeah. Oh, I mean, he's definitely got his bone to pick, his bones to pick, really. But um, I think. You know, at the core of his his conflict is the sincere belief that you know he's been denied an existence that data was granted. Yeah, right. It's, and it's that true. unfair treatment. Um, so if he sincerely believes that, then I think you could bring that out in storytelling, and I think you could make an audience believe that he was treated unfairly. Uh, and telling that story would be a challenge for sure. But I think it would be a challenge that Brent Spiner and the TNG writing crew would be up for. So, if only, if only, if only. All right, I got one more. Oh wait, we're you had two, so let's alternate. Back to you. All right. Um. So, let's see. I got a. I'm scrolling through a list of names here, trying to remember who everybody was. Uh, where was that? Uh, oh well, Guinan. I mean. Yeah, she's an awesome recurring character who didn't do anything after TNG because she was just volunteered to be there. I guess I never thought about that. I mean, you could have thrown her onto any show just as showing up and have been kind of fucking neat to see Whoopi Goldberg yeah. as Guinan again. Yeah, well, like, Guinan was always meant to be, I think, a little bit mysterious. Actually, I don't know what she was meant to be, but she ended up being this character who just had this constant air of mystery. She was this long-lived uh, being, not human, who formed a relationship with Picard somehow that you sort of get hints at. And 
like one of my favorite scenes with her was when she was advising Riker on the um I guess it's the holodeck where he was doing target practice and she comes in and is like, What level are you playing at? And he's like, forty seven or something. He's like, No, I usually play on eighty. Uh <laughs> but I can just, take it down to your level. And just like cleans up without breaking a sweat, barely even looking at the targets, and you know, it, it's it's this hint that she is more than what she seems, right? I think exploring that would have been a lot of fun. Uh, it would have probably not been a good idea, ultimately. Like, so much of what makes Guinan a compelling character is that mystery. Like, what is she really? Uh, and demystifying that would maybe water her down too yeah, much. Yeah, th- that's what I wonder is if, like, it's just best to not go into her backstory. Not that you couldn't have her on a show, but like not getting into exactly how she escaped the board. I'm sure some book does somewhere, but like, I wonder if you'd best to keep her a mystery. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, like yeah. that, that's more a character that I really like than it is one that I think could do really well on a spinoff. I'll tell you who could do really well on a spinoff though. Gowron. <laughs> Gowron oh. with his own show following the, uh, you know, sort of rise in the war and the like, the the turmoil that's going on in the Klingon Empire, especially in the, in the uh, DS9 era. Like, he's a fun guy <laughs> in those shows when he shows up. Uh, he could be a lot of fun to follow around, and he's portrayed as a lot of the Klingon characters are, which is unfortunately just kind of really one-dimensional. He has moments where it starts to break up a little bit and you can see that there's there's more facets to this this stony face but they're very they're they're almost vanishingly rare he's a very monolithic character as presented diving deeper into him and the like struggles that he's dealing with to you know back up the motivation for why he is the way he is would be a lot of fun and plus klingons are just super fun in the first place so you know so i i really like that gowron came back in uh ds9 and him mm-hmm. and martok and Worf are just fantastic and everything they're doing all the klingon stuff in ds9 was not all the vast majority was fucking amazing mm-hmm. um do you want a fun fact about gowron oh definitely okay so um the actor who played him robert o- robert o'reilly you know is doing his thing right and uh the the first episode that introduced gowron was reunion in tng and Jonathan Frakes was directing that. And so I guess in one scene or one thing, uh, um, the actor who does Garon had been like doing, you know, the eye thing that he does where like, he makes his eyes really big when he talks. Like he had done that in like some, mm-hmm. you know, prep meeting or something. And Frakes is the one who looked at him and was like, hey, 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 when we do this take, do the eye thing. And so it was <laughs> Frakes fucking idea to have him do the iconic Gowron eyes. Oh, I love that. I love that so much. Um... And you know, not not to get too into it. Um, there's there's an issue that I think you could really easily draw with the way that Klingons are portrayed in, especially uh, the original series and Next Generation. A little bit less so in DS9, but still kind of there. Um, these are aliens of color, and they are universally just like portrayed as violent savages and that feels like it could use a little bit better treatment you know yeah. if you got all played into by a... Isaac except for michael Dorn. <laughs> exactly if you got into 
uh, a show with Gowron and really uh, Gowron and Martok and, you know, even Worf could make a, a cameo and, you know, treated it like a real storytelling endeavor uh, and got into the motivations and, you know, talked about the, uh, there's, there's, there's hints and ideals that are endemic to Klingon culture that are, you know, worth, exploring more deeply than the the sort of surface level treatment that they get in the the sort of mainstream series i think that could be really well done and i think it would serve those those characters well and that's it could serve klingons well and it could serve us well like really um that would be that would be pretty good i mean again i'm just glad we got all the klingon stuff we did at ds9 but uh Mm -hmm. yes because we could have always used more of it Okay, uh, last one on TNG for me is something that, again, this is a, a Frakes thing. Even he said in interviews they should have brought her back, was um, Commander Shelby was really awesome in Best of Both Worlds. And she oh, was yeah. never seen or heard from again. I think she was referenced in, like, one episode just by name. Mm-hmm. But really should have come back, should have done more. She was real cool. Even had an I, arc in her get, as a guest character. I really thought that she was going to be around more uh, after, like you said, Best of Both Worlds. It really seemed like they were setting her up to to be more of a character in the show, uh, and she did really well as an uh, you know being introduced sort of trial by fire in that in that way. Um, I think it's a shame that she wasn't in more. Yep, that's it. That's all I had. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, moving on to DS Nine. So, dear listener, thank you for bearing with us. TNG was by far the meat of this. Um, <laughs> so, moving on to DS Nine. This is sad. I literally, well, it's sad and awesome. I don't have a single entry for DS9 because every, it it was an ensemble cast and every fucking character on that show got, like, Garrick, you know, is one of the best characters in the show. He got a shit ton. Rom, Lita, Martok, Gowron, uh, Weyoun. Like, just, oh my God, there are so many characters on that show and so many of them, all of them get multiple episodes and get character mm-hmm. arcs and get and Morn. We're making jokes about fucking Morn. Like, all the characters played by fucking Jeffrey Combs. Like, uh, all, like I just, dude, that show, basically, if they had a character and had a potential, they used it. Like, they left no stone unturned. And honestly, I don't even know, I mean, multiple just one-off Cardassians would come back. I mean, Jesus, just the, uh, the first officer on fucking, um, uh, uh, what's his name? Ducat's ship uh, becomes, um, oh my god, I can't think of his name. I can think of Casey Briggs as the actor. Uh, fucking becomes the fucking leader of the Cardassian Empire later on. Uh, du- uh, Dumar. Like, every character oh, yeah. in that show is so unbelievably well used. The Grand Nagus. Like, everything, man. Um, uh, fucking Nog, Aaron Eisenberg, fucking becomes a major cast character with multiple story arcs. Like, I don't have anything to add to DS9 because they did it so fucking well. Yeah, no, definitely. They they really... They were, they were very good about weaving a nest of characters. And you kind of had to when you're on a space station, right? This thing isn't traveling anywhere. The characters come to the setting rather than the setting moving to wherever these characters happen to be. Um, that, I think, lends itself to more of this sort of insular community building sort of narrative and to do that you really have to have these characters show up again and again um so you're right there aren't nearly as many and i'm just kind of like i'm going through the list of characters that appeared in ds9 and trying to remember like ducat would be the one who could maybe be expanded on more 
but he got a lot in DS9 already. Um, uh, it was just not a ton. What was, uh, yeah, some random Cardassians, some, uh, there was Brunt, uh, the, uh, you played multiple Ferengi. Ferengi. Yeah. But, um, doo, 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 yeah, Jeffrey Combs. He's so amazing. Doo, 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 doo. <sighs> I'm just looking for any names that stand out at all. Let's see. Um, Lita's got oh. some things that stand out. Chase Masterson. Hey, yeah, there you go. Uh, let's see. So there was, um, there was that one dude, Jack, the genetically engineered human that they used to. Oh yeah. They come, they come back twice. They have two episodes. Uh huh. Which was, yeah, again, like <laughs> he's, he's already got, a fair amount of exposition already. I mean, he he does kind of hint that he he's got the same sort of backstory as um uh, Khan, uh, you know, engineer engineer human for a war that never really happened, sent to uh basically rot in cryogenic stasis, recovered and revived for reasons. Um, yeah, the basically anything to do with um what is it section. 34 or section 31 oh yeah 31. what's his name that plays the, the main character there sloan yeah again sloan. he was only in for like one season section 30 was introduced in season fucking seven and there's two or three episodes about them and they're fucking phenomenal mm-hmm. and i can't remember i cannot believe i can't remember that actor's name he is awesome he's been in tons of movies he was like the uh, main villain in like die hard 2 yeah 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 he was played by william sadler there you go he's uh, deaf and fucking uh bill and ted Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Excuse me. But yeah, I mean, Section 31 could definitely use its own series. Uh, oh, is it? Sort yeah, of they're the... getting that, but oh, I, yeah. yeah. Yes and no, yes and no. I don't know how to feel about that. Anyway. it's. Yeah, I think it could be a lot of fun. I really hope that it's not fucked up, but it's probably going to be fucked up. How fucked up is fucked up? That's fucked up. A little fucked up. It's a little fucked up. Uh, let's see. There were a few of the Cisco's. Um, who was Solbor? Is a Bajoran assistant to Kai Wen. Yeah. Oh wait. Yeah. No. Um, Grand Nagus. He was kind of fun, but also played by an amazing actor. God, DS9 had such an amazing cast. I really did, oh. and like. Uh, Kai Wen, Wen, Wen Adami. Again, is... played by a Academy Award winning actress. <laughs> <laughs> Louise Fletcher. Yes. Um, she could have been fun, maybe. Like, oh, she was, dude, every moment she was on screen, I fucking hated her. And that yeah. is an unbelievable compliment to the actress. Like, I loathed every moment with Kai Wen because she is so unbelievably well portrayed. Every subtlety, every oh just turn a phrase every eyebrow like oh my god i hated her (laughs) because she was portrayed so unbelievably well she was and like you know going back and exploring more of like uh the bajorna occupation the war with the cardassians uh you know before starfleet took over ds9 and following kai win around in that setting would probably uh would probably make you more sympathetic to her 
Um, because I think a lot of the ways that she is and the way that she's portrayed and the reasons that you hate her because she was formed by this really brutal conflict and it has left its marks on her personally, her people, um, her personality and her outlook on others that just kind of comes through as this sort of uh, aloof cynicism. But uh, if you got more in-depth with her in a different setting, I think it could be a win. <laughs> but, um, well done, well done. Yeah, she's the best one that I could think of that could cheer. And like all of these characters, she was repeatedly in DS9. She got a lot of um, sort of fleshing out for who she was, at least at that point in time. Um, but going back and exploring more of her motivations and her formation would be fun. But she's like the only one that I can think of. Uh, her and maybe Garrick. Uh, but dude, otherwise, amazing. I know. I love Garrick. Andrew Robinson. Yes, he's phenomenal. Very, very cool. He's the closest to Mott, except I, <laughs> I wouldn't want I wouldn't want Mott to be competent at anything. Like Garrick, at least, was kind of like secret agent Garrick. He was the uh, the tailor on DS9. Mott would just bar- barbering would be his special talent. <laughs> okay, okay. Uh, I'm gonna keep moving us on here. So, um. Uh, next up would be Voyager, and I don't have that much to say about Voyager. Um, God, Voyager, the beige of space, the popcorn flick of Star Trek. Um, there are characters that I'm glad stopped showing up. So, uh, you know what's funny? I have a character on here that stopped showing up, and I think they should have showed up more. So I'll let you go first. <laughs> um, I Now I have to remember the name of that character. Uh... Hang on, hang on, hang on. I'm going to get it. I'm hanging. Uh, God dang it. What's her name? See, I've just completely... Je- put... Jennifer Lean as Kess. Kess, thank you. No, see, I, I so disagree. I think Kess should have stayed on. Like, if you know the backstory of this, they were gonna they wanted to bring on Jerry Ryan as Seven of Nine, which obviously ended up being the breakout character and the right thing to do. But they're like, well, we can't pay for another main cast character. They couldn't just add someone like they did Michael Dorn to... to uh, DS9, so they had to kick somebody off. And originally it was going to be Garrett Wang, and then he got voted one of the sexiest men in, like, week Teen Magazine or some shit, I don't know. <clears throat> and so instead they turned to Jennifer Lean and fired her. It was like, wait, what? Why would you... Like, not that the character was great, but there was so much more potential for the Okampa there. They finally had her break up with Neelix. And, like, look, Ethan Phillips is an awesome actor. Please don't misunderstand me. Like, he's really legitimately a great actor. But Neelix is a fucking annoying character, and it's like you kicked off the pretty girlfriend instead of the annoying junk trader. Well, goddammit, guys. Yeah, I was... I don't know. I, I was not super thrilled with Kess as a character. Like, Neelix, at least I could kind of see, he added some value to the the mission, and he was uh, a fun counterpoint to Tuvok. But they also had Paris and Kim and other people to do that. So I see your point about Neelix, but like Kess just never felt like she fit in anywhere, narratively or otherwise. It just, she was the hanging chad of that series to me. I, I mean, you might be right. I just think there's there was potential. I, so. think, I, I think that you're not wrong, that there was potential i don't think that she was particularly handled very well so that's to your point you know she got a raw deal 
Um, but man, just as it was, uh, her establishment and her continuing presence uh, until she made her exit in spectacular fashion, uh, just, I don't know. I, it, it wasn't, it wasn't fun or really interesting when she was on or on screen to me. And I think that's less, that, that's definitely not uh, the actress's fault for sure. Like, I think that that character just wasn't quite as well thought through as some of the others. Yeah. Well, whatever you don't look up Jennifer Lean's history after Star Trek, it's a very sad story. Um, anyway, moving on. Uh, so, um, do you remember the character of Suter, who appeared, I think, at the end of season, like, he was in a season two episode, appeared at the end of season two. He was played by um, Brad Dorif. Mm. That was Slytherin mm-hmm. Wormtongue in Lord of the Rings, amongst mm-hmm. many other roles. Um, so, apparently, they, uh, the writers wanted him to be a recurring character, and uh, again, Berman, and I think, I don't know if it was Pillar or not, we're like, no, 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 no. We can't have, you know, this dark, evil, um, murderous Beta Z as a character on our lighthearted space show. And so they brought him back just for basics part one and two and end up killing off his character. But come on, you had fucking Brad Dorif playing a psychotic Beta Z who was in uh, rehab effectively with, with Tuvok, your Vulcan. Like, what a great fucking concept. What an amazing actor to have. And they just kind of didn't do anything with it. Um, super disappointing. Yeah, no, I remember this. Um and definitely like he was he was a fantastically played character. Um I, I think Beta Zeds in general could use a little bit more playing with. Uh we do get some of that in Discovery, which is neat. But um yeah, even in this series, like there's there's potential for that to be much better than it was. Um but I mean his whole reason for being was to trigger Tuvok. Like that was kind of it. And what a sure. it, again, like just such a raw deal for that character. And that actor, honestly. Like it could have been a lot more fun. Um anyway, yeah. So uh I have one other character in Voyager that I think literally one, how sad is that? That I think should have come back because I think this character was fucking awesome. There's an episode called Bliss where the crew gets tricked by this like giant space entity into thinking everything's fine. It's a wormhole. And it turns out it's a giant space monster that eats people. And so they they literally have an allegory for Captain Ahab, like this (laughs) grizzled pirate captain guy who's like, no, you can't go in there. Yeah. He should have become a main character, man. That guy was awesome. (laughs) Oh, yeah. I I had to look this up. His name is like, I don't even know how to pronounce this. Q-A-T-A-I. Quaddy? I don't even fucking like... I just want a grizzled old space captain who's been fighting a giant, intelligent nebula space monster thing, like, <laughs> to be a main character, man. I don't know. I'm serious. This character is awesome. We should have kept him around. Literally, uh, his occupation on Memory Alpha is local monster expert. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's see. Yeah, what was... I'm trying to remember the name. There is there is one character in Voyager who I think could do really well in a spinoff. Um, God, this guy's been in a lot of stuff, actually, this actor. Dang it. What was his name? Oh, Braxton. Captain Braxton. Oh, yeah. I mean, oh, dude, fucking um, the that was the time traveling guy, right? Uh, yeah. No, wait, no. Wait, are you thinking of Ransom? Um, shit. From the uh, the other ship? Um, um, oh, my God. What's his name? Equinox. So, yeah, 
so that was oh yeah 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 that was that was future's end um yes future's end and relativity um yeah not the guy that i was thinking of though were you thinking Dang of captain it. ransom from the other from equinox the other ship no um Dang it. I'm going to have to look it up now. Do, 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 do. Captain Braxton. He appears in multiple episodes. Time he appears later on Aeon. again in, in uh, an episode written by um, uh, Carl Sagan's son, actually. God, Star Trek is such a fucking amazing history. Yeah. Carl Sagan's son wrote some episodes for them. <laughs> now, you remember the um, the episodes in Voyager where they were like fighting the dude who was on the time ship, the big time ship that was trying to bring his home planet back by destroying other planets. Oh God. Played by the dad from that 70s show. Yes. Uh, yeah. 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 Fe- uh, uh, um, not future's end. Damn it. What is the name of that episode? Year of hell. That's year of hell. Parts one and two, which was supposed Wait, was to be an entire yeah, season. Yes. God. That was supposed to be an entire season log arc. Uh, I don't often compliment Brandon Braga, but when I do, um, he wanted to make mm-hmm. that an entire season of Voyager gotta say that have been really fucking cool yeah 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 so let's see if i can find the character's name um uh kurtwood smith is the actor thank you that's his name but i cannot find the name of that fucking character um uh anorax a crinum scientist named anorax yeah, no, that was a fun character. That was a fun episode. It could have been a great season. Ugh. Yeah, no, I mean, following him around could have been a lot of fun. Uh, the whole temporal Cold War stuff, I guess it, that wasn't really the temporal Cold War, but, you know, time stuff and playing with that could have been a lot of fun. And I feel like he was a big inspiration for the um, the bits that we got in the... Uh, was it Snyder? Whoever did the uh, the lens flares in the new Star oh, Trek movies? Jesus, JJ, J. Abrams, JJ, a- Abrams, yes, the Abrams Star Trek movies. Uh, you know, as soon as that ship came out of the warp and they were like from a different timeline, I'm like, oh, it's that dude from Voyager. Oh, but he's Romulan now. I mean, so, that could yeah. be cool. I mean, yeah, it could have been cool. He fucked with his own history and suddenly he was Romulan. Um. <laughs> anyway, yeah. Okay, well, I literally... Okay, uh, again, we're, we're way past time because God loves Star Trek. Um, all right, that's all I had for Voyager. Again, I have nothing for Enterprise. The The fun fact that Shran, the Andorian played by the always awesome Jeffrey Combs, was going to become a main cast member in the fifth season, but then they didn't get renewed. Um, yeah, I just don't have anything good to say about Enterprise. I have no characters. Do you want to add anything to Enterprise or do we just want to skip straight to Disco? Um... I don't know. Let me scan the list real quick. Uh, uh, ugh. Yeah. No. No, not really. Yeah, correct. All right, so moving on, let's wrap up with fucking Disco. Because um, I don't have anything to say about Lower Dexter Picard. Uh, mm-hmm. Disco. So let's just get the two obvious ones out of the way. They love to kill off really interesting captains. Yeah. <laughs> so obviously, Philippa Giorgio would have been great to see more of. Um I mean, more of as a Starfleet captain. Like yeah. she came back as Mirror Giorgio, uh, Mich- the Michelle, Michelle Yeoh is awesome, but I've told oh, yeah. you that like I just have a problem with her character. Like, mm. not that she's not portrayed well, not that they're not using her. They are definitely using her, but like this, this is a je- like you're basically 
making us empathize with Hitler. And I'm like, I, I just don't want to do that, guys. Like, she is a fucking mm-hmm. genocidal maniac. It's like, she's our, but she's our friend. Hitler is not your friend, guys. Um, yeah. So, yeah, the awesome Michelle Yeoh. And the, uh, the absolute awesome uh, Gabriel Lorca, as played by Jason Isaacs. The always awesome Jason Isaacs. Um, I would have loved to see good Lorca. Why couldn't we find and bring back good Lorca? Or run into good Lorca at some point. Like, oh my god, fucking Jason Isaacs, dude. Yeah, like give him the same treatment. It's like, oh, we had one mirror character show up. You can't have two. You can have two. As a treat. Um, let's see. Yeah. No, those those were both really stellar actors, uh, actor, actress, and uh their characters were I think really well done. I liked Lorca's character just fine. So um, die. there are moments where you're like downright <laughs> with him, even though he ends up being evil in the end. Like I, that's why exactly. I think good Lorca could have been so much more fun. Cause then you could have exactly. seen some of those traits that made him devious, but put to good use. Like I just, Oh God, there would have been such potential. Definitely. Um, he was, he was absolutely, he, he was, he was the, um, he, he made discovery, especially in that, that first season really click. I he think. was a highlight. He was definitely absolutely. A um, but there were other side characters, and I think uh, Discovery has um, the benefit of being born into a new era of Star Trek media. And so we get things like the short treks that sort of highlight some of the uh, supporting cast a little bit better. Sure. So, like, Ensign Tilly gets a lot of you know exposition and backstory, uh, both in the mainline series, but also in a couple of the little short treks. Um, the one who has hints of a really awesome backstory that we really only see in glimpses, uh, and get to explore before she's killed off, uh, was Arium. And like, this was a, this was a character who's visually, like the character design is visually impressive. Uh, she's very cybernetically enhanced, uh, looks very robotic, has cool sound effects when she moves. Yeah, and, um, and the one episode they flush her out is the episode they fucking kill her in. So it's like exactly. she's dumping her memory and only so much. There's there's really cool stuff there. Like they yeah. they could have really had like a data esque character on their hands. I totally agree with you. They could have. Um, yeah, and you know, going further into her backstory and also the the pilot. What's her name? Um, shit. Uh, both of them. Well, I don't know which one's the con versus which one's the pilot. Um, but yeah, she has uh, the the eye thing. She came yeah, off yeah, the yeah. ship originally from. Uh, mm-hmm. What was the name of the first ship they all served on under? Oh Drew? gosh, the Sinjo. The Sinjo, yeah. Yes. Um. Really, the the whole ancillary cast of Disco Denmer. they could just do more with Denmer. Thank you. Yeah, Kayla Detmer. No, she was she was great, and I'm glad that they they started to feature her more. Like she got kind of her own episode uh, in the latest season, um, where she's like dealing with ptsd and uh you know goes and does cool pilot things um seeks help in the end and she has a great arc in that one episode but she shows up enough that you kind of are familiar with her in the same way that you are with like some of the other characters like harry cam and voyager or um you know some of the other ensigns floating around in the other series uh I, i think they treated her they have treated her pretty well so far and I don't know if it's fair to call her supporting cast anymore, but I haven't seen season three, so I can't say. Yeah, I, I don't know. It's probably a fine. It, it's probably a, a legit designation. Like she's not the main 
focus all the time like a lot of the others, but she's there enough that you never forget that she's around. Um, let's see. Um, so, yeah, I just have one more for Disco, uh, and that, that'll wrap me up for the episode. So uh, what else do you want to add? Uh, Maddox could have been cooler. He was sort of the, the uh, like, not... Wait, wait, what, Maddox, Maddox was in um, Picard. Oh, yeah, you're right. You're yeah. right, you're right, you're yeah, right. Yeah, I don't have anything to add about Picard because I didn't finish it. I mean, I probably should, I should, but I didn't finish it, nor Lower Decks. I need to watch Lower Decks. Um, that's what I don't have much to say about those series, but... <laughs> so, uh, my, my last one for Disco... Um, now, I didn't really care for this character in Season 1, and then I fucking loved this concept uh basically the last episode of disco season one and then disco season two fucking ash tyler what a fuck like again didn't care for him very much oh, like, yeah what a great concept of like this guy is like has a klingon in his head like he is literally a modified klingon who used to think he was human like and then like in the, the last episode of season one he's like oh my god i know how to speak klingon i can gamble i know how to fight and then in season two like he's kind of an outcast of both worlds like what a great it's like a fucking trill basically like what a great fucking character concept and the actor again i i thought was kind of a bit too like i don't know immature sheepish in the first season but then really like just nails his portrayal of like being more confident klingon warrior in a human's body in season mm-hmm. two like i i didn't like him in season one i fucking loved ash tyler and then they're like oh yeah no we're leaving you behind bye like i dude i i hope this guy shows up in the section 31 show because i i'm not excited about the section 31 show but if I'm going to watch it, I fucking want Ash Tyler to be in it. I think he's fucking awesome in the incarnation that he is. So, Yep, 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 yep. Now, Ash is fantastic. Um, and you're right. He goes from being just kind of a dude to what the fuck? That's so fucking cool. <laughs> what a great device that he ended up being. And does a great job portraying him, I think. Uh-huh. And like, Yeah, no, absolutely. He's fantastic. Um, do, 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 do. just kind of flipping through characters and discovery. Um, let's see. Oh, you know, there's, there's ancillary bridge crew. Like, um, there's, uh, uh, Bryce, uh, who's, I think he mans one of the science stations and same with, um, uh, what was his name? Reese. Yeah, it, it's characters whose names you, I only know because I'm looking at this list. But like, I recognize their faces. They're on the bridge. They're around. Um, I feel like they're they're empty vessels at this point. Like they can they can be filled with whatever we want. And so there's expansion territory there. Yeah, I mean, you have an entire wise. maybe it's just our bias because like Star Trek has a bridge crew and this bridge crew mm-hmm. at least has like visually interesting elements to them. But, mm-hmm. like, I feel like we're just biased. It's like, yeah, the entire bridge crew of Disco could have characterization. Like, yes. Yes, they fucking could. Hey, writers, do you ever think about that? Yeah. And they might get there. I mean, a lot of the characters, even in, uh, like, Next Gen, we're looking at it with, you know, six seasons of stuff. There's barely even three seasons of Discovery so far. And we're getting more as time goes on. I feel like a lot of these characters get their their time to shine. Um and you start to see them interact more personally with each other as time goes on. But there's still like that, that central focus, especially around Burnham and whatever. Uh, Joan, I'm going to butcher the last name of the character. 
Owosekun. Owosekun. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. know either. Um, nicknamed Owo. Clearly, uh, we heard it said on the show so many times. Yeah, exactly. Damn it, writers! Like, she had a cool mirror universe uh, arc. Uh, her character was was in that quite a bit, but uh, the like normal verse version of her is the definition of a supporting character. She's really only there to kind of prod everybody else along at this point. So seeing her shine a little bit more would be a lot of fun. Other than that, like, um, mm, there, yeah, Arium is my, is my favorite who they've now killed off, who I would have liked to see more of. Um, I don't know if that, that, that there's definitely not a spinoff potential in there, but I think a short trek would be appropriate for her, um, yeah, posthumous or otherwise. Like that would be that would be pretty cool. Yeah, uh, disco, so much potential. I don't know. Oh, Star Trek. Well, this isn't exactly wrapping up the conversation on a high note, but there you go, dear listener. Our Star Trek ancillary characters with the most potential. Ah, oh, I do love Star Trek. I gotta watch Lower Decks. Hmm. Yeah, you really do. Oh, do you remember um what's her name? Nan? The uh the woman who had the like breathing apparatus who was hanging out with Lorca a lot. The oh, security officer. Yeah. Is she still on the ship in season three? Uh she leaves the show, I think, in season three. <coughs> Excuse me. They found uh a ship that had some of her own species on it and she decided to stay behind. For oh, reasons. Okay. Um, so she exited the show, but she was a cool character and like, she went from being, you know, hardened badass following Lorca around to, you know, realizing that he was kind of a dick bag and hanging out with the Discovery <laughs> crew. Um, uh, she was very cool. And I liked her character when she was, uh, on screen and especially when she was interacting with Burnham. Cause it's, you know, just, she's very, very competent at what she does, which is incredibly violent. Uh, <laughs> but, um, like she could have been, she could have been this this neat fusion of Kira Norris and Worf, that just never really materialized. So that that could have been yeah. a lot of fun. Oh, uh, oh well, well there'll always be more Star Trek. So maybe in the future we'll get more interesting fleshed out characters. Who knows? Maybe I just, you know, it, it's it's so weird because you'd think that with. Uh, the television format, you get all this breathing room to tell, you know, every story that you would want to. And at the end, there's just so much going on and so many things that you can do that you're never going to cover it all. And I don't know. It's, it's, it's disappointing in some ways, but it's uplifting in others. Like there is a ton of stuff that we did get and we're just kind of looking at what, would have happened if somebody had made a different choice somewhere and we would have that instead and we would be saying gosh i wish we had heard more about this other character that we did get to see um so you know maybe in a mirror universe yeah i don't know i i think that's what's frustrating about like they're trying to make a whole basically cinematic universe out of all these you know new star trek shows and like yet somehow the 90s ones managed to have more characters cross over and move through episodes and yet and they have so much more production value and pre-writing. And again, like, I just, I don't know. It feels like they're not capitalizing on some of the strengths they used to have back in the day. But maybe I'm just means I'm getting old and I should go yell at a cloud. I don't know. Yeah, maybe. 
Um, I will say for myself, I like Discovery. Like, there's definitely things you can criticize, and, and the points that you bring up are usually pretty valid. Uh, but I like Discovery for what it is. And it is different than stuff that we've got before. And I try not to hold that against it too much because I feel like that's a lot of what happened with every Star Trek show that has come uh, since the original series. Like, the next generation had to live up to the original series. DS9 had to live up to the next generation. Voyager, well, is Voyager. Enterprise, bless their hearts, they tried. But... um, Discovery, I think, is doing a fine job of paying the homage due to its predecessors and its lineage, and especially in the second season when we got to see more of Pike. Like, that was amazing. But uh, I'm looking forward to Strange New Worlds. It's also going off in its own direction, and I don't fault it for that. Uh, I just hope that they don't lose too much of the core sort of reason for Star Trek existing like there is a great uh, amount of freedom that you get with sci-fi as a genre to tell reflective stories and there isn't as much of that in discovery as there could be yet so we'll see there's some there are definitely there's definitely some like everything that uh oh shit what's his name why am i blanking on all the good characters names <laughs> uh the fresh new discovery captain tall guy saru saru thank you by doug jones yes like saru's story is um is really really good and i think really well thought out and they handle him very well uh there is a little bit of sort of days ex machina i think in the way that he awakens his superpowers but uh for the most part i think he's he's a pretty good character Anyway, yeah. that's just thoughts. Um, Picard, we don't really have enough to go into. Lower Deck, same thing. Like, it's not really in the the scope of the side character discussion. Lower Deck is almost entirely side characters. That's kind of the point. <laughs> um, <laughs> it really is fun. You really need to watch it. I do, I do. It's on the list. Oh, man, I'm yawning. All right. Oh, mm. geez. Zach, we've been doing it for an hour and a half. we got to cut it, dude. we got to cut it. Oh, shit. I know, I know. Lily's so not here, the adult's not in the room, and us <laughs> kids, we're just going to stay up all night talking about fucking Star Trek. Yep. All right, man. Zach, thanks again, dude. Uh, always fun. Love it when we get to run around and talk about Trek. Yeah, definitely. Good times all around. Yep. All right, dear listener, and uh, hopefully we'll be back next week with uh, back with Ruli, and we'll talk about, I don't know, stuff, things. Again, maybe, maybe we'll do all the episodes I keep teasing that we never get to. I don't know. Who fucking knows? Who fucking cares? We're just going to shoot the shit, and it's going to be fun. Zach, do you have yeah. your second back shot yet? Uh, I was supposed to get it today. I get it tomorrow. Okay, good. Because uh, I'm starting to book flights to go see people and visit people and visit things and whatever the fuck. Say, words hard night. So uh, I got to come <laughs> see you, dude. Got to come yes, see you. Yes, definitely. Definitely, definitely. All right. Dear listener, go get vaccinated. Thank you so very much for joining us. And uh, yeah, Zach, thanks again, man. Yeah, you too, dude. Until next time, dear listener. Live long and QQ. <laughs> the end is coming.
Hey, dear listener, thank you so very much for joining us. If you like what you hear, check out our website at qq-cast.com. We have multiple types of podcasts, quests, news, reviews, and our choose-your-own-adventure podcast, The QQ Adventure. That website, again, is qq-cast.com. Now, please remember that all views and opinions expressed on the podcast are representative solely of the person expressing them, not of their friends and family, not of their co-workers or co-hosts, and certainly not of their employers, past, present, or future. Again, thank you for joining us, and thank you for respecting our individuality. 